Ephesians 5, verse 18. Paul writes, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to the God, the Father, and for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, even as the teens who went to life heard about and had the opportunity to respond to a message on what it means to be filled with the Spirit, we as a church body have been looking at and continue to dig into and examine and to try to understand what this is. But Father, even as we talked about in Sunday school today, I pray that we would not just be hearers of the Word, but that we would apply it that we would have the courage to listen and obey to what you're calling us to. I pray, Father, that in this message, by your Spirit, you'd speak to our hearts because they wouldn't be my words but yours. pray in Jesus' name, amen. Nobody said it to me yet. I imagine even after saying this right now, somebody will just to needle me a little bit, but I have to imagine some of you have thought, how in the world can this guy preach so long in such a short book? Well, it's because things like this, four sermons on one verse, part three, we're taking our time on this verse because it takes time to explain it. It's far too important to every Christian. It's far too important to just gloss over. It takes time. And one of the reasons it takes time is I realize that, and probably you do as well, that there's an incredible amount of misunderstanding concerning what the filling of the Spirit is, of what the function of the Holy Spirit is. And another reason why we can't just skip over this is because, quite simply, I believe that Ephesians 5, 18 is the key to understanding the book of Ephesians, period. I said it a few weeks ago that if this particular verse were deleted from this letter, the rest of it would be absolutely impossible to fulfill. For a preacher, for a Sunday school teacher, for a friend to bring to you the message of Ephesians, especially chapters 4 through 6, and to bring that to you, if you take out this verse, it would be absolutely impossible for you to fulfill it, to do it. It is impossible for you and I to walk a worthy walk. It is impossible for us to live a life and walk in humility and gentleness and kindness and love. It is impossible for us to be imitators of God. 
All of those things would be ludicrous without the filling of the Holy Spirit. So it behooves us. I love that word. I just wanted to use it. As believers, we need to understand what this means and how to apply it, how to appropriate it to our lives. To live the Christian life as we're called to live it without the filling of the Holy Spirit would be nothing more than legalistic striving on our part to pull it off. This is absolutely crucial that we not only understand it, but that we begin to live in the filling of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. It just reiterates a message from a few weeks ago. If you are trying to act like a good Christian, what you really are is a pretender, a performer. Because the Holy Spirit of God isn't the one who is living through you if you're trying to do it on your own. What's more, you're never going to move in and experience the joy that God has for you. Your joy at best will be pretend. You may look like you have joy, but your heart will not be full. Let's get started. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? As we begin, we need to acknowledge that there's a great divergence to the answer of that question. Some people believe that it's an experience, a point in time when I was filled with the Spirit. I was filled with the Spirit July 2nd, 1982. I don't know why I picked that. Some people believe that the filling of the Spirit is evidenced by speaking in tongues. One of the big problems we have in understanding this whole thing is semantics. That is, different groups, different denominations, different groups within a denomination use the same words to mean different things. Simply put, there's a wide-ranging views on this topic. And maybe the balance can come when we realize that if my experience is to be considered real and valid and absolutely from God, it needs to be grounded in a proper understanding of what the Word of, what the word of God says about these things. Otherwise, I'm left up to my opinion. There are some things we need to know. So let's look at the text. You may remember, this text breaks down into three segments. We've done a different point each week. A few weeks ago, we dealt with a contrast. That's the first one. A contrast, Paul says, be not drunk with wine. The contrast that Paul is illustrating was that believers, as believers, we must avoid things, whatever they are, that when done in excess, they lead to external control. Did a whole sermon on that. External excess leads to some area of control over my life. I need to avoid it. 
That's the contrast. That was contrasted to the second segment, which is a command. That's today. The command is this. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't be controlled by something that is external and has no ability to bring true fulfillment, but rather be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled by, internally, by the Holy Spirit. The third piece, the consequences of the Spirit-filled life, which begins in verse 19 and extends all the way into verse in the, into chapter 6. Because when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it will impact every relationship, every area of your life. This morning, we're going to look at that second segment, the internal control brought on through the filling of the Holy Spirit. God living His life through me in power. Be filled with the Spirit. First thing I want you to see here as we're discussing the filling of the Spirit is that in the Greek, this phrase is in the imperative mode. An imperative is simply a command. And the command is this. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. If it's a command, then we need to understand this. It's not a suggestion, nor is it an option for the believer. We are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. The concern I have that much of the church has been permeated by a mentality that would say something basically like this. Hey, I prayed a prayer. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. I don't need or want anything more than that. What concerns me, what bothers me, is that now in the church today in the U.S., more often than not, we're okay with that mentality. If nothing else, what I need to convey to you this morning is that that mentality is not okay. The very basic definition of Christianity would dictate to me that it's not okay. Salvation, without walking it out, without living it out, without commitment, I can't even wrap my head around. Whole nother sermon some other time, but if you're taking notes, Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. Continue to what? Work out or live out your salvation. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good, good purpose. The good news about that verse is it's not dependent on me to live it out. But I need to make a choice of my will all the time. a real fear I have. The church in the U.S. today, my fear is that mediocrity has infiltrated the church. The thing I fear about mediocrity is not that it's present, but that we think it's okay. And the real serious thing about mediocrity in our Christianity is that before we know it, it becomes the norm. Think about that. 
be filled with, and thereby controlled by the Spirit. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. It's the first thing we need to understand. Now listen, without our obedience to this command, we are destined to live at best a life of mediocrity as a Christian. And at worst, a life of legalism or carnality as we try to crank it out in our own strength. Secondly, what we need to also understand is that this Spirit-filled living, this absolute commitment of our life to Christ, is normal Christianity. What we need to see is that shallow is not okay. And shallow isn't normal. What we need to see is that superficiality and being marginally committed people is not okay. Looking like we're dead spiritually and at the same time claiming to have life in Christ is not okay. It's not normal. Just think of that in the natural If a baby, if a child stops growing, that's not normal. Would you agree? Something's wrong. You can find the Apostle Paul applies that very thing in a spiritual sense in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's not okay to not be growing as a follower of Christ. Paul says, I see no difference between you and the unsaved. That's what he says in 1 Corinthians 3. See, for them, their faith was just a belief system. Something was very, very sick in that kind of situation because it's not normal Christianity. It's not okay. And the filling of the Spirit in the life of a believer is not an option. Anything less than obeying this command is what? Disobedience. And there's no way around that. Third thing we need to know as we try to understand what the filling of the Holy Spirit is. Every Christian is a possessor of the Holy Spirit in all his fullness. Let me say it again. Every Christian is a possessor of the Holy Spirit in all his fullness. You need to know that every Christian already possesses the Holy Spirit. So when we're talking about the filling of the Spirit, we're not talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. Are you okay? There's no such thing as a true follower of Christ who does not have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. Good news. The redeeming transformative reality of our salvation. This is just basic Christianity 101, right out of Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. The life of God in me. That happens when? The moment I believe. I could give you lots and lots of Scripture that bears that out, but for the sake of time, I'll just give you a couple. To start with, we don't even need to leave Ephesians, do we? How about chapter 1, verses 13 and 14? Flip over to that. Chapter 1, verse 13. And you, who is that? 
That's you. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were what? Marked in him with a seal, the promise, Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions to the praise of his glory. At the moment that you bow your knee to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you in all his fullness. Say amen. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip the next one. But I want you to, if you're taking notes and if you're going to look back at your notes, would you write down Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 11. Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 11, which just affirms, confirms again that there is no believer who does not have the Spirit of Christ. If you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you're not one of His, period. I could give you a lot of scriptures, but for the sake of time, we're going to move on. Fourth thing that we need to know. You'll never get more of the Holy Spirit than you have right now. You'll never get more of the Holy Spirit than you have right now. So don't pray and ask for more of the Holy Spirit. That's a ludicrous prayer. The problem for you and me is when we choose in our disobedience to grieve the Spirit, to quench the Spirit, Pour water on the fire of the Spirit, if you will. Believer, listen. If you have bowed your knee to Christ, you're sealed with the Spirit. And dwelt with the Spirit. But if you have not experienced the filling of the Spirit, if you are not in the process of being filled with the Spirit, mediocrity is going to be the hallmark of your Christian life. And you're never going to be used of God as He intends or desires to use you because you're trying to crank it out in your own strength. Fifth thing we need to know is this. When the Word of God says, be filled, it's not only in the imperative, making it a command, but in the Greek, it's also found in the present, indicative, passive. The present indicative passive means that something is happening to me. Literally, this verse would read this way. It's not just be filled with the Spirit, it's this. Be being kept continually filled. Say it this way. Keep on being being continually filled. The point is this, the filling of the Spirit is not secured by some one-time experience. It is not secured once and for all by coming forward and getting filled with the Spirit so that I'm filled with the Spirit for the rest of my life. It doesn't work that way. The point is, be being kept continually filled. Keep on being, keep on continuing being filled with the Spirit. It's a constant present act that's always going on, catch this, that is dependent upon your will. It is dependent upon your will. 
you're yielding to the Spirit of God that already dwells within you. Because He gives me the freedom to say no. It is a moment by moment, day by day, month by month. What happened to you yesterday is a nice memory. Morning devotions, awesome, great start, wonderful. But the filling, controlling, and submitting to the Holy Spirit is a concept that we need to grasp as a moment by moment, walking with God step by step by step in absolute dependence upon Him and not ourselves. This ties in with some things we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. What makes it really hard for us to figure this out and to walk in it is we live in this culture of instant gratification. We're always looking for the magic wand. I prayed the prayer. I went forward. Boom! Changed. Set free. Delivered. Never again will I struggle with that. Ta-da! That's a lie from the pit of hell. I love to go to retreats. I love to go to conferences. I'm so glad that I went to life. Because that kind of setting, that kind of uh, experience does things for me, does things for, for people. But, but listen, some people go to those kind of events because they're looking for the next spiritual high, the next spiritual God pill, the next spirit infusion. And then it wears off, so I got to go back. And it wears off, and I got to go back. And it wears off, and I got to go back. That is a sick way to live your Christian life. You will be utterly frustrated if you aren't already. It's not how God intended us to live. Nothing wrong with going to a conference. I love them. But there's not a magic wand. It's not a one-and-done move of the Holy Spirit. God may use those things, like a life conference, to get me headed down the right track, may give me a kickstart, may be that moment where I decide I'm going to give up control. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to lean into this, and now I'm going to trust Him for tomorrow, and I need to trust Him for the next day, and then I need to trust Him for the next day. I mentioned the beginning of this, Every student who went to life conference, there's a, there's a set time where the teaching and the preaching on the filling of the Holy Spirit is done, and there's an altar call. And hundreds and hundreds of students went forward. I imagine for most of them, for the first time, not a salvation experience, for it to, but to go and for the first time understand what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But it's not a one-time thing. I pray in the name of Christ that if you have never asked for, if you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, that you will, before this piece of series is done, that you will, for the first time, respond to that 
opportunity. But it's not a one-time thing. I hope you're with me. The filling and the empowering the Holy Spirit, power to live, power to serve, in the kingdom of God, moment by moment, requires yielding. It's not a one-time experience. It is a lifestyle of yielding, a lifestyle of submitting, a lifestyle of giving my will over to Him continually. The truth of, uh, truth of it is, <clears throat> some of us, just because of how we're wired, family where we grew up in, life experiences, some of us are really strong-willed. If that's true of you, there's some really good traits about that. When it comes to submitting to God, it's a stumbling block. The reason that I need to continually submit and ask for a fresh filling is because, catch this, I leak. The reason I need to keep being filled is because I leak. On this side of heaven, I am imperfect. I leak in two ways. One, every time that you're engaged in any level of ministry, probably even do ministry through texting. Any time that you're involved in ministry as you're in de- desiring to engage, God's using you in somebody's life, you pour it out. Every time you have a conversation with somebody about spiritual things, you pour something out. You give something away. You do that long enough, teach a Sunday school class, participate in Awana, do a small group. You do that long enough, and you don't get asked for, if you don't bow to, if you don't get filled again, you know what you're giving away? You. There's no spiritual fruit from you. When you're doing it in the flesh, I don't care how good you say it, how many people pat you on the back, you cannot change somebody's life. It is a supernatural work of the Spirit of God pouring forth from you. And every time you do it, you need to get filled back up. Another way we leak is just the world we live in. Anybody work in a rough place? Steve is the only one. You do life. You're inundated with commercials and culture and family and all this stuff, and it wears on you and it, you leak. That's why when you go through a real rough patch, the enemy takes that, whispers in your ear, wants you to withdraw, wants you to run from other people, from God, and, you're, and before you know it, it's just you. And you get the snot beat out of you by the enemy. Anybody ever been there? Everyone said, yeah, me. There are some things we need to know when it comes to pouring Pursuing the filling of the Spirit. One, it's a command. 
Two, this is normal Christianity. Three, every Christian is a possessor of the Holy Spirit in all his fullness. Four, you're never going to get more of the Holy Spirit than you already have. Five, the filling of the Spirit is not secured by a one-time experience. It's a constant, present act that's always going on, dependent on my will and yielding to the Spirit that is already in me. Six, don't worry, we're almost done something I need to understand. Found in the Greek language, you may not be surprised that this word is used to describe three different concepts. Plerao, filled. First of all, can speak to wind filling a sail. I like that. Have you had those days? Spirit of God has filled your sails and you're just like, yes, It is good to be a child of God. And I can go through the day. In fact, I could could hit some waves. I'm okay because the the sail is full. Born along by the wind of the Spirit. That is an awesome place to be. The direction in your life, the thrust of your life, the energy of your life moving you, God's direction, the wind of the Holy Spirit taking you from one point of obedience to another, borne along, sails filled. Awesome. What a way to live. To let the wind of the Spirit bring you along through your life, moment by moment, conversation by conversation, encounter from encounter, one point of obedience to the next. Another way that this word is is used, to be filled, means permeation. Think about that, to be permeated by the Holy Spirit. Think of a glass of milk. Glass of milk, if you're not lactose intolerant, glass of milk is a good thing. Take some Hershey chocolate syrup, squeeze it in there, stir it up, And what do you have? You have chocolate that has permeated the milk. It's not just milk anymore. What is it? Chocolate milk. Permeated by the Holy Spirit, Christ-likeness. To be permeated so that when people bump into you, what spills out on them is Christ. Even in the midst of of some tension at work because the Holy Spirit's permeated you, what bumps into them in that confrontation is Christ. Third use of this word. It's the most dominant used in the New Testament. I believe it's what Paul is referring to here in Ephesians 5.18 is this. It speaks of domination, to be dominated. The New Testament writers use this word to speak of an emotion that dominates somebody. Play Rao, it dominated him. I'll give you one example. John 16, 6 says that they were filled with sorrow. Filled with sorrow. They were dominated by sorrow. That word means there was so much sorrow, there was no room for anything else. No room for any any other kind of emotion. They were filled, dominated by sorrow. Likewise, we need to be dominated by, permeated by, brought along by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
It's a command. And it's normal Christianity. And yet, too many of us live in mediocrity. The real tragedy is that when mediocrity is pervasive in a church, and that's what we see, we call mediocrity the abundant life because we don't know any different. We believe that mediocrity is normal. It's not. Application, are you with me? Thank you for the three of you. Here's the thing. Somewhere along the line, you have to decide. This is a choice of your will. Somewhere along the line, you have to decide. I'm not going to pretend anymore. Somewhere along the line, you have to decide, I'm not going to perform anymore. Somewhere along the line, you have to confess, I can't pull it off by myself anymore. Somewhere along the line, you have to admit, I can't live this life unless you live it through me. So I'm going to bow my knee. And I'm going to ask you again and again and again, I'm going to depend on you to fill me and empower me and live through me. It's a choice we have to live out as a lifestyle to open up ourselves to be filled so that I'm born along by his power, permeated by his person, controlled and filled by his presence. Next week, we're going to unpack how to do that and you'll have an opportunity to do that. Because I would be naive to think that in a room this size that all of you have engaged in this somewhere along your life. There's too many faith walk backgrounds that I'm sure for a number of you, this is new territory. So I want to invite you to prepare yourselves for next week, this week, by doing the following. Would you begin praying? Would you begin leaning into something like, that's what I want. That is what I want. I want him to fill me. I want to walk in the filling. I want to walk in his empowering day by day, moment by moment. I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'm not going to perform anymore. I'm not going to live in mediocrity and call it normal. I want to be blown along, permeated by, filled with, and controlled by a spirit, not my own strength. One more thing. I hope this is encouraging. Whenever God wants to do, whenever God wants to build, whenever he has an assignment in his kingdom and he looks for someone, when he looks for a body, 
He does not look for talent. He does not look for intellect. He does not look for personality or age or experience. He looks for men and women who are fully his, who desire and are filled with his spirit. That is what builds the church. That is what will build us. That is what will move us to be the people and be the church that he's called us to be. To move out of mediocrity to a spirit-filled life. I hope that's your desire. Would you stand with me? Let's pray.